They call it the City of Splendors, Crown of the North. And it seems that our infernal Selene is being headhunted by the Harpers. Not literally, mind you, they don't actually want her head, but they do want her to join their illustrious order. And I'm not sure if I should be worried about that or not. Now we're off to the City of the Dead to take on a vampire lord. You know, another average weekday here in Faerun. <laughs> anyway, the folks in the castle ward may call it the City of Splendors, but to everyone else, it's still just water deep. All right, welcome back to Adventure They Wrote. When we last left the adventurers, they were in the unicorn's horn, having solved the puzzle of the piece of paper <laughs> and <laughs> the mystery of the business card. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that, that you have this whole notebook that's the mystery of the piece of paper written on the exterior of it. <laughs> I was just thinking, what if that was the climax of the season? Like, that's where it ended. You, you guys figured it out. You figured out the piece of paper. The ballad of the blank business card. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't the climax. Instead, Celine received a invitation to the Harpers. They're a, a secret group of um, mostly adventurers, but maybe other, other folks too, that monitor the goings-on of Faerun and report on risks, significant risks in the world. They've identified Celine as a potential candidate for Harperdom uh, and extended that invitation. And now there's a trial basis going on. They're testing her out and she's testing them out too because she's Celine and that's how she rolls. <laughs> that being said, we ended the last episode with her recruiting agent saying, let's go kill a vampire lord. So we're going to start this episode with you guys getting ready to go kill a vampire lord. So as this episode begins, you find yourselves on the way to the City of the Dead, walking through the streets of Waterdeep, the chill biting into you. Uh, it's, you know, midday, but the sun is nowhere to be seen behind a, a solid gray bank of clouds overhead. And it's just a damp, miserable, cold day. Uh, once again, you find yourselves relatively alone. Um, it's as if the people of Waterdeep know that something is afoot. And between that and the, the chill outside, they've opted to stay in. So down the streets of Waterdeep, you travel past shuttered windows and securely barred doors. I have some clarifying questions that Max would like to have asked before we left the Unicorn's Horn. To the to the Harpers? Yes. I feel like this is a conversation that would have happened before we left. And so um, I, me, Jason the player, would like to ask those of you, Fletch our DM. Yeah, let's do it. So Max would like to know uh, of what the Harpers know who are they looking for? Because we know what our case is. We know what our investigation is. We know that we're looking for the entity, the vampire, the whatever that turned our client, who I don't know that I would name directly to a bunch of people that I have just met. Ooh, yes. But, um... Max, the detective, would like to know what they know and what what information they're going off of in their now seeming attempt to assist our agency. I think that's an excellent question. Uh, and what the Harpers explain is that through their network of agents across Faerun, they're able to identify certain risks based on behavior in that area. And in Waterdeep lately, they've noticed an increase in undead activity beyond the sort of um, everyday zombie and skeleton shenanigans uh, that is indicative 
of vampires and specifically mirrors the goings-on in Waterdeep at certain points in the past. Let me see. Are you aware of the um, Cult of the Eternal Dawn? This is, so this is a great, uh, this is a great, like, noir moment, I feel like, like a, a, a mystery moment where someone asks a question like that to a, a group of people, and then the group of people kind of look between themselves a little bit, and they sort of acknowledge, you know, like, you heard the thing? You heard him say the thing? I heard, I heard him say the thing. Did you hear him say the thing? So they do one of those moments... And then they say, no. Um, Max would like to, would absolutely like to roll an insight check <laughs> on all of that. <laughs> all of that <laughs> nonsense. Please do witness my 19 on the dice, so 26 total. Yeah, yeah, I will witness it. And you, you, you didn't need to roll that high. Um, <laughs> it's pretty obvious, yeah, they know exactly what you're talking about. But an insight roll that high, I, I can go a little bit more in depth. Like, they're almost acting like it's two different things. They're almost acting somehow like the the Eternal Dawn, the community group. The social club. Or social club? Yeah. Social club. The social club of the Eternal Dawn uh, is somehow not related to their vampire thing. Well, um, uh, so Max is going to Max is gonna just kind of try to pull things... Just slow things down, just a just a smidge, and um, he's gonna say, "So, what you're telling me is you, the Harpers, the legendary Adventurers League, that uh, uh, has done all this good. Um, I know about Mert, the money lender. Let's you know, let's not talk history here. But um, you're telling me that you didn't know that there was a laboratory underneath the Red Gauntlet Inn where." the cult of the eternal dawn has been attempting to raise the dead in an attempt to kill Kelimvor. Nope. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, if, and Max is going to look at Celine and uh, wait for at least the, the slightest hint of a nod of approval before he says... If you guys are not going to be open and honest with us, I don't know that I trust going into battle in the City of the Dead with you. So what's it going to be? Are you going to be up front with us? Or are you guys going to do this cavalier nonsense? Ledger's looking with his arms crossed and nodding as, as Max says all this to back him up. Yeah, and Celine definitely gave him the nod. Okay, so the, the lead Harper... What is the lead Harper's name? And where did he come from? <laughs> Hold on. Does he have any kids? Hold on. Don't even start with that because we're doing it all later. The lead Harper, who I don't think I gave his name in the last episode. You did not. Mm -mm. Okay, good. Uh, so the lead Harper looks thoughtful for a moment. Uh, and he looks at Celine and he considers and he says, We're aware of the Eternal Dawn. They have been. Chatter has, has picked up. Um, they seem so far to be mostly localized to Waterdeep. But we're not convinced that the Eternal Dawn has anything to do with our vampire problem. Um, because what we're seeing in Waterdeep, um, the, the behaviors that we've monitored uh, very closely mirror reports from agents in the area around uh, 300 years ago. Really? All right, that that tracks. That mm. tracks with the... And the Eternal the Eternal Dawn hasn't been around that long. Uh, we, we only started picking up chatter about them in the last three or four years. Interesting. All right. Well, um, Max will look at the, the rest of the agency. Everybody comfortable? with this arrangement? Ledger looks at you, and um, the only thing that he says is, I'm not really much of a much of a soldier, uh, not 
very well equipped for battle. You know, he has, he doesn't even have his longsword with him, just the daggers tucked into his vest. Um, is there anything that, that you might have uh, as as far as weaponry goes that, that might might help me out? But what Ledger's looking specifically for is to see if they have a magical weapon that they can give him. So Celine looks at both of them and she goes, I like that idea. Uh, what can I have that proves that you are invested in this mm, interview process? I like it. I like it too. Just trying to get like a little bit more. Max nods. <laughs> that's that's my employee. Still need that benefits package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lead Harper, uh, he says he I I want to say he smirks, but it's not like a, a smarmy smirk. It's more like a, I knew we had the right person smirk. Like, you asking for more, you, like, pushing for more has encouraged him that inviting you to join the Harpers was the right decision. So he says, don't worry about it. I've got a little something special waiting for us uh, when we get to the City of the Dead. She looks at him for a minute and... It's, it's like the moment in the interview process of life when you're in a real job interview and you're trying to figure out if they're trying to test you another time. <laughs> like if it's like a test back at you for yeah. testing them. Yes. And she decides to trust them simply because she knows enough about the organization that she believes that there should be something available. So she just kind of looks at Max and like does a little wink. Ledger is expecting a cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Or a trebuchet. Are you guys good with questions? Any other things you want to raise with the Harpers? Back to Max's original question. Um, Do do they have a name of the vampire lord that we are after? No, they do not. They just know that this mirrors what was happening 300 years ago. Yes. Yeah, the Harpers have been active in Faerun long enough, and they've kept records of everything. And so they know what vampire activity looks like. Um, they know what, like, a lich or a dragon or mind flayers or beholders. They've started to identify what the the signs leading up to these events look like. Sure. They're the they're Faerunian metadata analysis. Yeah, so they explain all that, and then they say, you know, what we're seeing here looks like what vampire activity in Waterdeep in the past has looked like. So that's what we're going after. Got it. All right. And uh, so, so we have two separate things that are happening here to us, the Waterdeep Detective Agency. We're on a case to find out about our client also at the same time and tangentially a cult has come after us for some reason that we don't know yet so that is still still to be discovered do we get the feeling that we can trust these people to let them know a little bit about what we have discovered from our trip to Baron? and our trip to the morgue. Because I feel like um, Max and Ledger discovered that um, the folks at the morgue were working with a middleman, the gate guard at the City of the Dead. His name was Reach. And with Doran and Celine finding out that one of the original investigators behind the case that we're on had an empty Lich's soul crystal that we found. Um, I feel like that that is important as we're moving forward into the City of the Dead, but I don't want to tip our hand if we don't feel like we can trust these people because, you know, Max is... Max is good, but he's not stupid. Yeah. I'll say that you haven't been given any reason to doubt them. Nothing, like, you're not getting the impression that they're not Harpers and that they're pretending to be Harpers. You're not getting, you know, any sort of those vibes. Right. 
um, they seem to be so far on the up and up. Yeah, and I don't, like, Celine doesn't have, she's more on the naive side and she has terrible insight, so <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> they, they want me, so I'm probably already swayed in that. I probably am more interested in playing it out. Yeah, so Max will, I mean, I don't want to, like, rehash the history of what we've already done in uh, in previous episodes. So Max will quickly give them the lowdown on what we discovered through the morgue and how the morgue is funneling bodies to and from the city of the dead and um, that uh, a lich might be involved. But I think he'll st- I think he'll still be a little cagey about how we know that a lich might be involved. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go. I would you know, Max would say, um, you know, I, in the course of our investigation, we we have come to understand that we might be dealing with the Lich. So, Vampire Lord Lich, I don't, you know, uh, that's a little out of my area of expertise, but um, just so that you find folks are aware, that's what we have discovered. Okay, I'm going to roll an insight check. What would you like me to roll against that? I'm not trying to deceive. I'm just trying to... Right. What I'm doing is I'm trying to... I'm not... I'm not rolling for the lich thing. I'm rolling for a separate thing. I'm rolling... Oh, I gotcha. A a secret special DM thing. (laughs) Okay, so... He processes all this. And two things are going to happen. The first is that he starts... He starts to think of as you're as you're talking about the morgue and the the bodies coming in from the um, uh, city of the dead and the the gate guard and all of that. He gets a very pensive look on his face, as if he's considering information and putting things together and starting to fit pieces of a puzzle. That right. Um, you know, the murder board, the murder collage. <laughs> He's putting things together on his own mental right, right. murder collage. But then when you say lich, that expression expression goes away entirely. And he just kind of focuses on that and stops in his tracks. He says, lich, why do you think lich? What are you, why are you thinking that? Um, I don't, I don't know, uh, how to explain it without without tipping our hand, and um, I don't I don't know that I trust you quite yet. So, just trust me. And he'll grin. <laughs> His big, toothy goblin grin. I can picture the Max yeah. grin. He says uh, that stuff you said before about going into battle at the City of the Dead and needing to be on the up and up, all that. I'm saying all that back to you right now, not in those words. <laughs> I'm just bringing it up in a referential way to make you aware of what you said and how it pertains now to the information that you have that I'm asking you for. At this point, Doran, uh, who has been going around and looking at the Harpers and checking their equipment out, he's really excited, <laughs> so he hasn't really been paying that much attention. He just goes, oh, we found a legit soul jar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to let Casper talk. I love it. I love it. Ledger sits down. Like he just sits down it. and just yeah. puts his head in his hands, <laughs> visibly disgusted with what just happened. Uh. <laughs> Max legit laughs out loud. Like Max, Max just he he legit laughs. Like, ah, we're here. We're here. Cool. Doran gives Max like a nice thumbs up. Like, got you, buddy. Don't don't you remember, Max? Yeah, don't the, you remember? Yeah, the guns. best thing is that Doran genuinely believes that he just did the greatest thing that he could have done for yeah. us. Yeah. Man, he couldn't think of the word, you know. He's like looking around. Didn't anyone remember? Am I? You guys. <laughs> oh, I love it. So good. Well, the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> Empty soul crystal. Empty. Uh, yeah, they were all doing like the cool warrior thing. Like before getting ready to go into battle, they're like sharpening their weapons and like checking straps and doing stuff. But then all of them stop. All of them look at Doran. <laughs> 
and then Max, and then the lead Harper, and... What's his name again? They... <laughs> oh, he... Eh? He... He is laser-focused now on you, Max. Um, he turns to the room, snaps his fingers at one of the Harpers in the room, and, and you know, gestures to the door, and that Harper just takes off, running. You hear the, the footsteps disappearing in the distance. At that, Ledger jumps up out of the chair and is very alert and paying attention to what's going on. He's really trying to assess what's happening in the room. The boss Harper gives Ledger like a settle down hand motion thing. He's like, chill. That guy is going to report. Lich stuff is like top of the list, right? He's making everyone aware. The head office needs to know about this. This is, you know, DEFCON 1. It goes Lich stuff, Dragon stuff. Xanathar. <laughs> everything else. Xanathar. How many Harpers are there? Now there are five. So Doran will, he'll go up to the lead Harper, George, I'm guessing his name is. And <laughs> he'll just kind of lean up against his hip because he's like three foot tall. And he'll look up at him and go, <laughs> it's empty. It's not a problem. <laughs> he says we can only hope any lich stuff we need to we need to report on. We learned our lesson with a Sararak. But really he does it so he can check out the guy's weapons. <laughs> and see if they're cool. They are. They're really cool. Yes. <laughs> so he says I may have been wrong. This could be, these two things could be connected. Uh, I'm willing to accept vampire activity and an undead cult trying to kill the, the god of the balance between life and death as some sort of bizarre coincidence. But you start throwing lich stuff in there. The hashtag for this episode is 100% Lich Stuff. Lich Stuff. <laughs> that's the that's the Faerunian technical term. Like, somewhere someone is, you know, some messenger is running into a, a throne room out of breath like, Your Majesty, it's Lich Stuff. <laughs> the whole court. <gasps> yeah, the whole court. <gasps> okay. <laughs> um... So, uh, yeah, he says, the, the, I think these things, they could be connected. And with bodies coming from the city of the dead and us knowing that there's some sort of vampire active in the city of the dead, thank you. We have a better idea what we're walking into now. Can we go buy holy water, steaks, or silver or any of that good stuff? I have a silver dagger that I always keep with me. Because I would think if we're going to a specific location that's going to have vampires. I assume that they're the ones providing it because I told them that they have to provide some additional incentive for their interview process <laughs> to prove their worth to me. Can they give us some holy water then? <laughs> so, yeah, Doran, you raised that idea to the Harpers. Um, and... The the bartender Harper, the one that mimed playing the harp at you, he gives a, a guffaw and he says, don't you worry about it, little buddy. We got it all taken care of. And Doran's doing like stabbing moves. Stakes! Ah! So now in addition to a cannon or trebuchet, Ledger is imagining that there's like super soakers filled with holy water <laughs> at an amenities tent. The water deep equivalent. Staged yes. just outside of the City of the Dead. A Faerunian... I love that. It's awesome. Okay. Um, good. Any other questions? Uh, can Max take a level of cleric? Because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we don't have one of those right now. Nope. And, Holy uh, power is lacking. Don't worry. I've got the radiant damage. I got it. Cool. Okay. So then my whole thing about walking to the, what are we at? Like 25 minutes later. Mm -hmm. um, that, back to the beginning. On your way to the city of the dead, 
streets are deserted. Harper's in tow? Harper's, yeah, Harper's along with you. And as you reach the City of the Dead, uh, a great wall with a big wrought iron gate that leads uh, past to the, the graveyard within Waterdeep, you notice first uh, a wagon sitting out front uh, with a very dour half-elf bundled up on the bench. Uh, and second, that the guards for the City of the, the Dead uh, are nowhere to be seen. So the half-elf is not a guard? He is not. He is just sitting on a wagon in front of the gates to the City of the Dead. Does, does the wagon look empty? No, there's a, a big canvas sheet pulled up over the bed of the wagon. Ledger will just see how the Harpers approach this, if they seem to recognize this person or what happens. They do. As as you approach, the lead Harper gives him a nod, and the dour half-elf nods back. Um, Max, will, uh, Max will walk up to the dour half-elf and, uh, and uh, kind of tip the, tip the, the bowler hat and saying, uh, evening, afternoon, whatever time it is in this... <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm Max, the uh, Goblin Detective. These are the, uh, the rest of the Waterdeep Detective Agency. We're, uh, we're joining this little, this little, uh, vampire hunting band. Uh, who might you be? He says, the name's Dower. <laughs> hey. Where are, you, where are you from? <laughs> he says he's from Tribor. He's been in Waterdeep for three years. His mother's name is Janet. He loves Cholton meat pies. Oh. Doran gives him a Cholton meat pie. It says, cheer up, buddy. <laughs> he takes it and stuffs it into a pocket where it joins other Cholton meat pies. Because they Ooh. last forever. Can this guy join the party? <laughs> I like this guy. But more importantly, how does Casper like this guy? Is he jealous <laughs> that you've got a new best friend? I'm rolling a jealousy check for Casper. Yeah, he's starting to get attached to Doran. He's, yeah, he's a little jealous. <laughs> it's like a pang of jealousy. Within your mind. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, it tastes like pennies. Oh. <laughs> Doran's confused. What's that? <laughs> yeah. Doran, Doran doesn't like metals, so this is probably a very strange scenario for him druids no no metal it's just a pennies come on <laughs> I was with you I was with you I was tracking in my head that's Celine that's Celine too like, get it because druids can't touch you guys <laughs> whatever cold shoulder yes Ledger's just like oh Cat, cat tail whipping action again. Yeah. Very annoyed. Very irritated. So Max is gonna do the thumb at the at the wagon and say, "Is this um, is this the reinforcements? Is this the uh, is this the arsenal? Is this the you know, we going in there full plate?" Uh, the lead Harper says, "Sure is," and he like claps his hands like a clap on clap off thing, <laughs> but that doesn't activate it. Dower. Uh, reaches behind the seat and swings a lever. And I want you guys to imagine the early 2000s movie Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. Oh my god. Can we not imagine it? Well, no, I want you to imagine it uh, because it wasn't a great movie, but visually there was a lot of interesting stuff in it. Uh, and by interesting, I mean sort of terrible. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens with the wagon. Like panels flip away and drop down, and they reveal an assortment of undead killing paraphernalia. Um, so vials of holy water, stakes, uh, as well as an assortment of what look to be regular weapons of your standard variety. So long swords, daggers, short swords so on and so forth. May I suggest, may I posit the um, the 2013 movie Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Ooh. I actually liked that. Uh, yeah. Or um, uh, Heath Ledger and Matt Damon in The Brothers Grimm. Also fantastic. Yes. Yeah, if you're, if you've got like strict opposition to the early 2000s 
Van Helsing starring Hugh Jackman. Oh, which I do. <laughs> I've seen it recently because uh, it was on Netflix and I watched yes. it and I went in like, nah, this is going to be great. I know it is. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Nope. Nope. So Max would like to check to see if there is a, uh, a rapier or any sort of uh, finesse blade that he could replace his broken sword with. Because he's been carrying the broken sword in the scabbard, but hasn't needed to yank it out yet. So uh, if there is anything that he could replace that with, he would like to look to see if there's anything there or um, any sort of specialized ammunition that he could put into his hand crossbow. You do find a rapier, a, a finesse weapon uh, that is a close approximation of your current one, uh, and it's in a it's on a shelf uh, along with um, you know some other weapons, just sort of like pegged onto a uh, a board. Cool. Max will replace it with his broken one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. Uh, Put it back. Yeah, Dower is like, what are you doing? Uh, but um, go ahead and in your inventory, add a repair plus one. Ooh, plus one. Ledger is looking for something bone crushing. That's really he usually uses a um, a sword, but uh, he's really he's looking he's looking for bludgeoning. What options might be available? What you find, uh, uh, Ledger, is a maul abandoned mall uh, with the the bands on the mall they're not iron or steel they're some kind of silvered metal uh, that you know would be more decorative if it wasn't a giant hammer for smashing things uh, ledger's really excited about that and um, he he co- sort of picks up the mall and just you know, he tries to get a feel for how balanced it is and he lets out actually just a rare, just huge, stupid-looking grin. Uh, as soon as he kind of checks and sees that, you know, this just feels perfect in his hands, uh, and he's enthusiastic about it. Yes, as I love, as civilized as he has become, the barbarian in his heart just has to grin at a giant, smashy hammer. He's, he's pleased. Uh, so yeah, mall plus one. Doran will reach in and look around for a club, a truncheon, whatever you want to call it. Doran, you do find a club. As soon as you grab it, you have this sort of innate understanding that what you're holding isn't a club that has been magically enchanted. It is a club that has been fashioned from a tree that was magically enchanted. Ooh. So it's more natural looking? It's more natural looking. It's more, it, uh, you know, normally like a hewn limb from a tree or something like that would have some sort of innate sentiment to it that is slightly, you know, off-putting to you. This doesn't have that. This, is, this feels like a, a club that a tree has willingly given. It's kind of metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like a very druid-approved weapon. So also, yeah, plus one. You see Celine step back for a moment, um, and she's sort of just looking around. And if, if you recall at the beginning of the season and the, the beginning of the podcasts of Cold Case, she, um, she was really sad about losing the team tall element of the countess. She was very close to her. She looked up to her quite a bit. Um, And she thinks about it for a moment and she really wants to be able to sort of prove herself and and how far she's come. Like she she wants the countess to be proud of her. So she walks up and looks inside and tries to find something that could prove that she's maybe not at the level of the countess but that she's finally capable and that silly little tiefling that started out like I'll protect you has finally sort of made it so Celine you have all these emotions running through you and you're remembering your friend and your you know mentor 
and you spot on a cushion uh, a single pearl that is perhaps slightly larger than your average pearl, but it sort of it speaks to you and it, it is super reminiscent of the Countess. And it just kind of it, it evokes a lot of those feelings and emotions and everything that you were just talking about and you just find yourself sort of drawn to it. She'll pick it up and she'll go, hopefully this one will make me worthy. So what you have is a pearl of power. Um, and while it is on your person, you can use an action to speak its command word and regain one expended spell slot. That's a really good item. I was hoping it was going to be something explosive, and then when Celine reached for it, Dower just freaked out. Like, whoa, 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 you know? <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 not that hold far. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The Harpers are gearing up, too, and you see also that they're, um, you know, sliding stakes into their belts uh, and throwing on, like, bandoliers of holy water, uh, not unlike the early 2000s movie Van Helsing starring Hugh Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How many vials of holy water can we take? Uh, you You can grab three each. All right, let's go beat Strahd. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize we were in Ravenloft. What happened? Okay, so you're all suited up. The suiting up montage is over now. You've all got your new magical weapons. Um, Celine has her Pearl of Power. Uh, All of you have three vials of holy water. And the Harpers are all set up too. And as you're entering the City of the Dead, these enormous wrought iron gates swing open with this ominous screech of metal against metal. And you find yourself in this very strange graveyard. Uh, some of these graves, the, the actual plot itself, no snow is sticking over the grave itself. It's as if the ground is heated from beneath. Uh, mausoleums dot your surroundings. Some of them small, what you would expect from like a a tour of a New Orleans graveyard. Uh, Others, enormous structures the size of mansions. All of it, again, this bitingly cold weather, this strange, ominous feeling hanging in the air around you. Uh, And perfect silence. The only thing you can hear is your boots crunching in the snow beneath you. No birds, nothing. Are there any potted plants or undergrowth or anything like that in the area? You are able to recognize that there is grass under the snow that is dormant you could potentially try to wake it up. Speak with that. Well, last ten minutes. So Bedoran is going to speak the ancient words of magic. His eyes will glow. His body will glow slightly as tendrils of green fly off of his body. He reaches down into the ground and pulls up some grass. Not out of the ground, but he pulls it up a little bit. And he says, Hey, have you seen anybody around here lately? Obviously, the, the plants don't like speak to you. They don't say audibly so that others can hear. Yeah, we've seen some stuff. (laughs) Um, But they do, through plant telepathy, um, they give you a picture of a cloaked figure departing and entering a specific mausoleum on the other side of the City of the Dead. So first thing, Dorian's going to look at Casper on this super inside Mindscape cool place and be like, ah, pretty cool, right? And then secondly, <laughs> he will, with his eyes glowing and tendrils of green flying off of him, look at the rest of the party and say, it's, it's the Malaysian on the other side. You know, you go around, it's you know three blocks that way and to the left. Max just nods and, and looks at the, the lead Harper. And uh, he's going to say, 
He does that a lot. Pretty cool, eh? <laughs> the lead Harper is like, wait, the grass? Did he just ask the grass where to go? He's a druid. You guys know about druids, right? You guys are Harpers. Yeah, but I've never seen a druid talk to grass before. You've never seen a druid talk to a grass before? Uh-uh. What? How many How many druids do you actually know? I mean, not a lot, but like some. Yeah, that that's clear. <laughs> and normally they, they're throwing like magic thorns around. And- Thorn's going to try to look all cool, cross his arms. Mm-hmm. So do you make your way to the mausoleum, to the the grass-indicated mausoleum? I feel like we would start heading that direction, but um, Max is very keen on uh, trying to keep a low profile and trying to go as uh, uh, stealthily as possible. Um, yeah. Let's have everyone roll stealth checks. Uh, it's a six on the dice, so 15 for Max. Of course it is. That's 18 on the dice, plus two for 20. 13 on the dice, plus three, 16. Ledger? Um, Ledger is four. Um, yeah, so you, as a group with the Harpers, you collectively sneak towards the mausoleum, um, not being uh, super out in the open. And uh, you find yourselves, you know, a few minutes later, standing outside of this enormous marble structure. Not enormous, uh, uh, mansion enormous, uh, tastefully enormous. What you might expect a mausoleum to look like, actually. Not very big, but uh, still looming. Um, and you also recognize it as the mausoleum that Moritan described oh. ten episodes ago as the one he was attacked uh, nearby. Uh, Max would like to do a a quick just scan around investigation to see if there's anything uh, anything that uh, jumps out at him. Um, Let's say, yeah, 28 total. (laughs) Unbelievable. 19 on the dice. Wow. I'm going to start videoing this so you... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have to start streaming just to prove. One mausoleum that was talked about early in the season was the Deep Winter Vault. Yes. That's where he awoke. Is that this or is that different? That actually is a really great question. This is not the, the vault. Okay. That's a different location. This is the one he remembers picnicking with his beloved nearby. In the city of the dead. Like you do that. Well, back in the day, this used to be like a big park. I know. So it, it used to be nice. I know. It's not a picnic spot anymore, unless you're into that. Like, unless you're a vampire, maybe. Unless you're Celine. Well, yeah. Max, you see outside of the mausoleum um, some footprints, uh, but the same set of footprints. You don't see multiple sets of footprints. You just see one single set. Uh, and you see it come out of the mausoleum and into the mausoleum several times. Uh, Sometimes heading in different directions. But it all looks like the same the same set of feet. Yes. Yes. That's the the main point I wanted to drive across. You also feel uh, warm air wafting out from the mausoleum. Oh. Okay. But not in a consistent, it's not like a consistent breeze. Right. This warm air wafts out and then it stops and then it wafts out again and then rinse it. Can uh, Max tell the most recent set of footprints whether they were going in or out? With a 28, yeah, you can. The most recent set of footprints lead into the mausoleum. While Max is looking around, Selena is going to walk up to the entrance of the mausoleum and check for traps. I, yeah, I think that's a really great idea. That's an 11 plus 8 on investigation, 19. You do find a trap. It is not a... Um, it's not a like a, a, a dungeon poison needle shoot you in the hand trap. It's like a warning, low tech, right? Like you, if you opened the door to this mausoleum, um, you would set off an alarm that could be heard inside. Inside. And then Max will 
inform the the group that um, the most recent set of footprints are going into the mausoleum. Upon hearing that, Dorin will ask the surrounding vegetation if they could identify who it was, what they were wearing, or if it's that same cloaked figure. You get the impression of the same cloaked figure, and I, I'm sorry I didn't clarify this before, which you can identify as the Dusk Man. Okay, so this might sound a little crazy, a little weird. Um, Dorian is going to cast Locate Object on the specific cloak that the Dusk Man wears. I just had to have seen it within 30 feet at least one time. So once again, Doran will glow and cast the words of magic with this time white tendrils coming off his body, his eyes glowing white. Speaks the words aloud. Dusk man's cloak. <laughs> Max is like, oh man, this is going to be such a great side business once we get done with all this. <laughs> Doran, you cast your spell. Your senses reach out to find the dusk man's cloak and you are able to detect it. 800 feet below you. Hello, everyone. It is Jason, your producer here. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of Cold Case. If all goes to plan, we will have a two-part finale for you soon. We just need to figure out this whole Vampire Lord, Lich, Duke Mortan connection first. Also, if you missed it, we were invited to play along with the release of Rime of the Frost Maiden and D&D Celebration. So we've got an episode with new characters in a new setting over on the official D&D Dungeon Delve channel. We'll be posting it on our feed once this season of the show has come to a close, so keep an eye out for that. And we'll be revisiting both Icewind Dale and our new characters with Bianca Bickford DMing us in another one-shot, hopefully sometime in November. So stay tuned for all of those details. As always, we have to say thank you to a bunch of people here at the end of the show. Tabletop Audio and Bugbear Bubbles have been wonderful supporters, and we would not be able to make the show happen without them. Be sure to hit up both TabletopAudio.com and BugbearBubbles.com, join the Tabletop Audio Patreon, buy some soap, and get all of the D&D goodness and tell them thank you for supporting our show. As always, we appreciate that you make us part of your podcast rotation every week. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery. What's the word I'm looking for here? Secret cabal. adventuring uh, uh, cabal or maybe... The, don't use that word. No. <laughs> Is that a bad one? Uh, uh, secret adventuring... Um, Team. League? League. I like League. They're the League of Secret Adventurers. Is it Adventurers League? I think they're mostly... Ad- <laughs> we're getting off the rails. We're getting really off the rails. Out. We're getting Sorry. off the rails. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Start everything over. Um, the lead Harper, uh, he... Uh, What's his name again? I haven't given it yet. I want to <laughs> say... <laughs> just, Where's he from? Just pushing. Just pushing. Uh, What's his mom's name? Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> where, where are you from? <laughs> How long have you been in Waterdeep? What's your mom's name? What's your favorite meal? How many times did you see <laughs> Avengers Endgame in the theater? <laughs> Which did you uh, like better, Infinity War or Endgame? <laughs> He's like, I liked number two the best. <laughs> uh, actually, I liked uh, Age of Ultron. Because I was a I big fan of Iron Man job. 3. Iron Man 3 is a f- great movie, and I will fight anyone who says differently. <laughs> Behind the playground, let's go. Because it's about him not being Iron Man. Because it's a really realistic depiction of PTSD. Are there any potted plants or undergrowth <laughs> or anything like that in the area? You <laughs> You Can Doran speak to un- undead plants? Like plants that have been put down in a grave. Oh, Talia. <laughs> That's the best Dungeons and Dragons question that I've ever gotten. <laughs> a druid necromancer that only talks yes. to dead plants. I love it. Like a bouquet leaning up against a tombstone and Doran tries to talk to him and they're like, sunlight. 
they're like, my legs! Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I knew it, Brad. I knew Doran was going to... Be a helpful friend? Yep, be a helpful friend. Yay! Don't forget he's got Casper in his head, too. Oh, man. What if, (laughs) by crossing the threshold of the City of the Dead, Casper is just completely wiped out. (laughs) Uh, Where'd my friend go? So... You can... I don't know. I'm... Go for it. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) What if he's super powerful now? Right? Claws his way through Doran's psyche. Doran's eyes are just glowing. Doran is the big bad... He's the lich, and Dorn has become the soul crystal. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm into this. I'm. <laughs> yeah, I wish I am not nearly a good enough writer to come up with something like that. <laughs> Holy, that the next season of adventure they wrote with Doran being possessed by a lich, and you guys having to rescue him. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be so good. Okay, no, um, uh, Casper is not a lich. What are you doing? We're sleeping. It's winter. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Have you seen anything? No. (laughs) We've been asleep. How dare you? Nah, I'm going to drop it. I can't. Nah. I can't speak with the undergrowth, man. It's not going to be helpful. All right. Okay, I'll do it. Fine. All we've seen is this white snow. I don't buckle to peer pressure, but I'm doing exactly what you want. (laughs) (laughs) well last 10 minutes so Doran is going to speak the ancient words of magic his eyes will glow his body will glow slightly as tendrils of green fly off of his body he reaches down into the ground and pulls up some grass not out of the ground but he pulls it up a little bit and he says hey have you seen anybody around here lately okay give me one (laughs) second I'm reading the description of speak with plants to see what I can get away with here Oh no, we broke Jason. <laughs> oh, so good. Fletch, is this what we needed the player's handbook for? <laughs> no, that comes later. It turns out I needed it much more than you guys did. Oh, good to know. Ledger? Um, Ledger is four. <laughs> Just a clunky barbarian with his maul dragging in the snow, hitting everything on the way. Love it. I'm imagining Ledger dragging the maul behind him and it keeps getting caught on gravestones. And instead of doing the really obvious thing of just like pushing it a little bit and then lifting it over the gravestone, he just pulls on it until it rips the gravestone over. Oh no. Just over and over and over again through the city of the dead. Oh, the acolyte of Kelimvor inside of me just hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Just hurts. Are there any trees in the City of the Dead? (laughs) You absolute monster. Yes, there are trees in the City of the Dead. Well, you know, speak with plants last 10 minutes, so... Some of them are... Some of them are not... Well, I should say this. None of them look super healthy. (laughs) Okay? But some of them are still partially alive, but none of them are like a tree that you want to have a picnic under. They're trees that look like you want to avoid them because you're going to be ill. 